Hey everybody, Frank Berry here with another episode uh, coming to you live uh, on Modern Church Leader. Uh, it's Wednesday, we're doing it on a different day this week, but we've got a great guest lined up. Super excited uh, to talk to all of you church leaders. It looks like we've already got uh, you know hundreds of folks hopping on, checking out the show. Um, so excited about that. Definitely use the comments. We'd love to take some live comments or live questions today during the show. Uh, and we're here just to talk about you know, doing church a year later, right? So we're a year into the pandemic. Uh, it is March uh, 10th, actually. So I think it was March 15th or so uh, that lockdowns went in order. So we're a year in. We're going to have a great chat uh, with a good buddy of mine about doing church uh, a year later. So with that said, let me bring in Christian Ray. Hey, Christian, how's it going, man? What's up, Frank? It's good to see you. And you as well. Um, Christian, before we kind of jump into the meat, uh, you know, you're a you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, also a church leader and pastor. Uh, you're out in Austin, Texas. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background? I am uh, a severely confused individual uh, professionally. So it's called professional ADD. So I, uh, you know, originally started as a as an artist, performer, producer, and we went and I went in ministry. I became a Christian in about '95. Two years later, I basically just focused on ministry and started, you know, doing just leading churches all over. And uh, so I do a lot of mission work, a lot of charity work as well. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about serving the poor. Um, we work in Africa and Mozambique specifically. Um, we have a little um, after school academy that, that we're developing. Yeah. Missions internationally um, in, in different countries like Russia, Ukraine, and Latin America as well. And uh, business-wise, um, uh, I own a company called uh, Third Drive, and we do venture development, so we help businesses grow, startups, uh, et cetera, and, and do basically sort of provide things that they need to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And we also have uh, a media, digital media side of things where we do everything from branding, print, web, video, sort of an integrated approach, world-class uh, digital agency type stuff. Um, and we do it for churches as well. So, yeah, love that. And you pastor a church out in Texas. So, yes, you're, so, you're yeah, we, we started a little community here in, in Austin, Texas called Tribe uh, about eight years ago. And it was like a group of us who wanted to do something different, something fresh, something that we felt passionate about. And we've been going strong. And we just planted another one and just right before COVID hit. We planted um, a, another. The community church in the east side of Austin, Texas. Perfect timing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, I can tell you a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, man, it's uh, it's been a year, so we're give or take, you know, twelve months into uh, COVID nineteen here in twenty twenty one, March tenth of twenty twenty one. Um, like, how's the church? Like, how's Tribe doing? You know, what's uh, what's the vibe twelve months later? Well, you know, it's there's there are things that are doing that are extreme going extremely well, right? Um, with the backdrop of people hurting on one level or another, right? Isolation takes a toll. Mm -hmm. Financial stress sometimes if if somebody was affected professionally, uh, right? Um, um, that it's almost like there's layers and layers of of isolation plus factors that we see across the board in our country and it affects the church as well right so you see people some people hurting um i think mental illness is going to be a challenge in general as, as a trend 
And yet at the same time, but that's like a baseline thing for everybody. I think the cool thing that I see happening in Tribe is that because there's a, such a deep foundation of community connection and discipleship, um, a lot of those things are mitigated, right? So yeah. people have, depending on how people are open and you know, risk averse and non-risk averse with, with COVID, people connect, they, they didn't give up discipleship, they meet every week, um, they are in each other's lives, they share each other's burdens, um, they either come to service on Sunday or they tune in. Um, so all of that is, I'm really proud of our community that way, you know, because people yeah. stay in each other's lives. And, and that's, it's just wonderful because you, that all of those layers of, of pressure, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, you know, uncertainty get lifted or at least eased by mm -hmm. discipleship and community. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love that. It's like, if you take a step back, COVID messed up big time the ability to meet as a church in a building um and and certainly made it harder in a lot of ways to meet at, even as individuals but but people could still stay in each other's lives we could still call each other do zoom meetings meet at the park you know wear masks social distance but we could still be around each other and the small group communities could still encourage one another love up on each other carry each other's burdens all the things that you're you're referring to and and that's the church, you know? It's not the fact that we're in a building on Sunday morning. Yes, exactly. I do think that the sort of the temple court setting um, of meeting together in person as a community, as a meeting of the body, mm -hmm. um, it's really an important factor. Even if, I mean, regardless of, of, of what is it that, that it's limiting this, right? Uh, so that's sort of, there's a tension there between what is, good for the church for the health of, of 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 the church and what the limiting factor is right in this case is a pandemic right, right. we've been around for two thousand years okay and yeah. we've seen many limiting factors for in two thousand years right right and i think sort of our one of our big things is that we we really push for in-person meetings mm -hmm. uh, responsible distanced masked anything we can do to de-risk it we pushed for inspired encouraged people look it's this is the meeting the meeting of the body the meeting in person all together um is is an important element yeah. that you can't replicate that in a small group or in a one-on-one -on -one environment or in a zoom call you just zoom meeting yeah exactly like <laughs> oh, yeah. so did you guys when things went into lockdown did you stop meeting in person for a period of time and kick up a, a church online experience Yes, yes, we did. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we did. It was, was, it was probably from from February to about June, from March rather, because we started March. Yeah. And then in in June we started doing hybrid meetings where we were in person and streaming at the same time. Okay, got it. Yeah. And you're meeting. We were talking before, and you're having you're having church in the park essentially. So, kind of as much as you can, keeping it outdoors keeping yeah. people as safe as they can, but trying to get everyone together. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's correct. That's are you, are you doing church online as well? Like, are you streaming anything? Yeah. For those? yeah. Yes. How yes. Are you we are. Talk, talk us through how, how, cause I think it's a new challenge for churches, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Before COVID 
most most churches, not every church, but certainly if there's 350,000 churches in the U.S., most of them were doing church in the building and they weren't streaming. Uh, maybe at m the most they had like a single camera in the back on like a Mevo or something like that was like that right. was going yeah. Facebook Live. Yeah. They were doing very basic. But now every church had to go to church online. And fast forward to today, churches are starting to meet back in the building or they're doing hybrid you know, environments and they're, but it's like, they still want to do church online or maybe they're faced with the, the challenge of how do I keep doing church online, but also do church in the building. It's a whole new yeah. set of yeah. skills and time and energy and volunteers and all that. So how are you guys doing it? Well, I mean, if I just, let me ask you this. Are you asking, Technically, philosophically, uh, min the ministry aspect, the technical aspect, yeah, the aspect, all of it. Give me oh, like, okay. tell us what you're doing. You're, if okay. you're meeting in person and hybrid, and why? Like, why do you? If you're keeping up the online experience, why are you doing that? And okay. then you know, what's the point? And then let's talk about like how practically you're pulling it off. Okay, so we're we're doing yeah, we're absolutely streaming everything. As a matter of fact, we're we're adding we do live streams in the middle of the week where we unpack, me and my um, um, associate pastor, Elias, we unpack the Sunday message in more detail and just look at it at different angles. So we're sort of augmenting the, the, the meaning of the body in person yeah. with all kinds of media around it. Um, so why we do it? Well, we, we do it because, you know, they're, they're very beloved members of the community who can't make it uh, can't make it they're maybe at risk maybe they're risk averse at the time and we want them to at least have a virtual experience mm -hmm. even if it's not the full experience that's why we, we we do it now philosophically we went from really have a high level of production to actually simplifying it and making it more more basic Okay. when it comes to Sunday streams. And the reason for that is because the risk of doing, and you know, I own a digital media company. So obviously I have the gears to create the, the full experience. Uh, but as, as, so as a, as a media guy, I have the capacity to do this. Right. I have the, I have the gear, I have the people, I have the ability to do this. As a pastor, I, I'm torn because I can do excellent digital media work and streaming experiences and high-level productions, but I don't want my church to be a church of consumers. Um, and that's the risk on, so that's the spectrum, I guess, right? It's like, so we actually scaled down our, our streaming production, so to say, so it's, it's not produced. It's, it's just straightforward. Look, this is the bare minimum if you're at risk and if you can't come for whatever reason, but we're not gonna create this experience and try to make you, you know, sort of make you addicted to the overproduced product, essentially a service. Right. We're not a service provider. We don't want, we don't, in our church, we don't want consumers. We want disciples, followers of Christ who serve each other. So yeah, love that. that's a philosophical side of things. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for sure, I, I think, you know, every church is kind of faced with that, right? And I'm not yeah. sure, I think, I think every pastor wants engaged members, right? That are not just consumers, but they're they're living out their faith. They're active in the community. They're serving each other, loving each other, being together, all the things. Um, 
So I don't think anybody would disagree. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, you'll you'll be surprised as a, as a someone who who actually hand shepherds people, right? How many? How quickly you become a consumer? How right. easy it is? Yeah, it's absolutely easy. Boy. And how quickly you can go? You have a conversation with someone. Hey, hey, dude, you know how come you're not a not a, not a church? Well, you know, I don't want to get sick. Right. Do you, do you go to grocery stores? Do you go to restaurants? Yeah. If you can go to a restaurant, you go to church. Right. Right. And and, and he, let me explain to you the things that you're missing out on in the, what, the meeting of the body. Yeah. What do you think it's gonna? So I think there's a thing that is happening. It's kind of what you're describing, where for a year, in some cases, not in every case, but for some number of months, six months, nine months, twelve months, people have been doing church online. And then churches are going to open May, June, July, wh whenever it is, right? It's coming. It's pending. Churches are going to be fully open. Sure. Yeah. Vaccines are out. It is now safe. Whatever month that is, right? Like summer months or, or a little bit after. But there's people that are getting super comfortable, like doing church online. And I, I don't know. what. How do you think about that? And how do you think about getting everyone back, you know, in the building, if you will, uh, and coming out of that, that online? Well, I don't know. I don't know how it, it's best for your church or whoever's listening, right? I, for me, I, I'm, I do this because not because I have to do this, not because it's a job, but because it's a calling. And my passion is to give people, hopefully, equip people for a life that was given to me by someone else. You know, people invested in me, mentored me, and I have an amazing life that I don't deserve. Yeah, and I want to pass that along. So right. if, if I look at it from that standpoint, what it requires is to call people to be responsible, to be grown-ups, obviously, to understand their risks, but also to understand that you are called to a life of selfless service and to a life of, of carrying your cross, to a life of denying yourself. And it's so easy, for, it's in our nature, deeply in our nature, to become complacent, it's deep right. in our nation. To become, um, to to be to to lean towards convenience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to get comfortable and and yeah, and you and then in your mind you rationalize why you did that. Right, it's not a real thing. So you know our 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 job, spiritually speaking, as every everybody, I mean every Christian, is to call somebody else to obedience. Right for Christ. So so the way I do it, I basically say, look. Let's look at 2,000 years and how many things, events happen that were risky for people when it comes to meeting together. Yeah. You know, plagues, you know, um, you were at risk of being arrested many times, die. Uh, people dug complexes of tunnels underground, which we call the catacombs, to meet together and worship together in risky you know, situations. Yeah. And they... I mean, they're still there. We still we go on tours to see Sam, the heart, yeah. the passion, and and the the value of the meeting of the body, of of collective worship, of the temple courts dimension. Um, so that's what I say. I basically say, look, this is what we've done for two thousand years. This these are some of the patterns that we see. Uh, even with health, sort of, you go, well, this is no nothing is complete. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay, right. nothing. Yeah. You know, during the plague. Christians, everybody would flee the town to save their lives. People, Christians would stay and take care of the sick and die trying to serve somebody else. Mm. How are we 
how are we related to those people? How do, can we correlate that, you know, with, so that's what I basically say, you know, I go, look, you know, obviously we don't want to be foolish. We're, we're not really asking, we're not trying to get sick. You know, we're, we're not trying to be irresponsible, but where is, where is, what trumps what, right? In, right. in, in your life individually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good, man. Good stuff. Um, what's something, I guess, kind of in this whole mix, what's something you wish you knew at the beginning, you know, back in March, 2020, when this all hit, now that we're a year in? I, I wish I knew it would last more than, than a month. <laughs> you, you wish you knew it actually be a year long or maybe 18 yeah. months long by the yeah. time we get yeah. it. Yeah, we were like, well, we'll be back in July. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, I mean, who knew, right? It's crazy. Hope deferred. Uh, just kept kept going. Kept yeah, going. yeah. But but I think there's there's definitely advantages, and I think I'm, I'm just grateful that I, you know, we we just happen to be in the in the digital media space, right? Professionally, right? So, but I think how many how many churches just weren't prepared, right? How many churches didn't have the vehicles to to tell their story unless people just you know are driving down the street and see the church building, right? They didn't have websites, they didn't have branding, they didn't have messaging, they didn't have videos, they didn't have the gear, they didn't have the skills. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I think this year showed thousands of churches that they were behind the curve in a painful way. Right. Things that you should proactively learn and lean into, people were forced to deal with just reactively. But that's better than nothing, in my opinion, yeah. right? I mean, every, every church got a, you know, the school of hard knocks, like education in in doing things online not just church online but all the things like social exactly. media websites and church online and email and text messaging and apps and all, all the stuff like churches had to go you know get exposure to all those things and start to learn how to use some of them you know like and also get a, a line item in the budget oh, what a what a concept yeah. That's true, about it, right? <laughs> you know, because you know, Third Drive does you know websites and branding and messaging and video for all for churches. We do it as a service, and yeah. and uh, it's the shift is very notable between the before and after COVID. Before, yeah. you know, people would talk to us and say, "So, what do we?" You know, it was really more. It would be nice to have. Right. It wasn't a must-have at the time, and it was. And, and when when. I would say, say, look, you need a, you need an actual budget line item to do it well. You need to hire people. You need to do professional work, like just like any other organization that wants to be known out there. Um, the before it was people just balked at that and didn't want to. They were like, well, can't I just get like a campus student to do something for me for free? Right. And I have this member who knows how to draw, you know, like yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Right. Um, and then the the after, I think it was a it was a massive shift of shift from that to yes, we're we're going to spend on this. This matters. This this tells our story to the world, and that's definitely one of the incredible byproducts that is a positive. Yeah. What have you seen? You know, kind of switching hats from your pastor to your business owner, kind of church media side of what you do. Of all the things that churches can do online. Mm -hmm. What have you seen them or what have you interacted with them the most around? Is it like their website or is it their email list or is it, you know, what is it that you're spending? I think the two top things is, is website because they realize that the, the webs, the website doesn't answer the questions that are people uh, that 
that people are asking, you know, people are asking emotional questions, like, and we just don't know that, right? So people are asking, are people happy in this community? Are people connected? Uh, is there people in my generation? Right. Um, is, is this a contemporary thing? Is this a modern thing? Is this people, people of my race? Can I see diversity? There's all emotional questions. Will I feel welcomed here? Because it's mm -hmm. awkward to go to a new place, right? Those are emotional questions. And most church websites answer informational questions. Where do we meet? What do we, we believe? Who's the lead pastor? Et cetera, et cetera. So there's this huge gap there in between. So I think a lot of the the the, the attention from a from a media from a business standpoint was into how do you tell your story online yeah. beyond just using a, a basic template and how do you infuse it with your identity, your spirit, right. spirit in this community. And then the second one that's related to that is video. Obviously, video component blew up as a need. Uh, both um, sort of um, as as almost like an introduction to the church to the world from the church to the world that goes everywhere social media website everywhere and about us video the need for that well done and also for video in general right so the streaming in, in dimension the zooming dimension the midweek lesson workshop creation how to create a library of those resources that is evergreen right over and over again all of those things i think became came to the forefront yeah yeah big time i mean i like it, it, you you kind of going back you kind of said two things like your church online experience evolved you kind of went down the path early of producing kind of a highly produced experience and then evolved into uh, a less produced more organic experience yeah um, and so I guess it, it devolved in that, in that. <laughs> like i guess by design yeah yeah um but but you also mentioned that you're doing kind of a midweek um, unpacking the lesson. And is that like a Zoom type of thing where everyone's in and you see faces and like no. that's a big part? Okay. It's a like explain that. Was that is that like this where you're on with it's your like social media? So, so we yeah, so we use something very similar to what you're using platform wise, and we do two windows and you can see the comments and it's live, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's basically designed to just go, okay, here's the concept that we talked about on Sunday. Even if you didn't watch the, the, the service, here's why it's valuable for you. And this is right. why, and you just go deeper. So it's like the, even the dimension of being online and having slightly more time. And it's just that the format is different. than right. Sunday, Sunday right. service, you have to sort of think a certain way as, as a speaker. Yeah. And in, in a unpacking of stream uh, episode, uh, it's just a very different angle. So you can go deeper, you can go into tangents and, right. you know, you can explore and it's evergreen. So it's alive. People can watch it and people can watch it over and over and over again and to their friends, that sort of thing. Yeah. And this is, yeah. And I'm bouncing around. It's a little bit related to like how things have evolved. And, and so you've seen churches focus more attention and even budget and money websites and video and things like that. And then I'm bouncing back to your, your, pastor role in terms of this Wednesday night or whatever night you guys do it. Do you think you'll do that in a virtual experience going forward? Like, will that be a mainstay or will you turn that back into something that happens in the building? I think, I think both. So I think, uh, we'll, in general, we only do things in the building besides Sundays during the summer so in our specific community. And the reason for that is really more of a seasonal thing, right? We have small groups. We small groups are where the magic happens. Yeah. In our church. 
is discipleship. It's weekly meetings, maybe bi-weekly. If uh, if it's a like, let's say it's a it's a group where there's the schedules don't allow weekly, right? But we encourage weekly, weekly, weekly because you miss one week in weekly, and you are you miss one week. If you miss one week in bi-weekly, you miss like half right. a month. Right, right. So, so, so the sort of the frequency and the rhythm of doing life together is really important that way. So, I think in general, outside of Sunday, people live in the small group environment, and the that's where the magic happens. And in the summer, two things happen: people start traveling, so it's increasingly logistically hard to get together every week. Mm-hmm. Also, we want we want people to sort of take a step back and go, okay, is this little group still good ongoing for me, or is this a good chapter, and I need to switch to something that can enrich my life and I can reach somebody else's life. So in the summer, we switch to midweeks in the building. Uh, so I guess it's a long-winded way to explain it. So so we'll do still the summer midweeks in the building, but the on the online stream discussions are a format that is still incredibly powerful because right. you can really, ne- you can zero in on something, really unpack it, bring some experts. You can bring somebody like, you can bring Frank to talk about something very specific you know, um, that our people could enjoy somebody in the other side of the world. Right. Right. Uh, We did a, we did a joint uh, sort of thing with uh, Africa, like several churches in Africa, just chiming in and dropping in. So, so I think the online streaming stuff is here to stay. It's not here to replace the meaning of the body. Right. Like it's in, right. I was literally thinking of the same word. It's like an augment. And I think there's an interesting, piece to all of this that churches can adopt this yeah you, you still want to meet in person absolutely but there's also a place for this like yeah maybe it's you're doing it you know on tuesday nights you've got this great kind of bible study but it's with somebody else whether it's you and your associate or you're bringing in a guest and you have this new it's almost a new format where and people can watch it from home so it's much more convenient in terms of people uh, doing it. So I don't know. I think there's something there that going forward, right, that yeah. would be a great, a great way for churches to do both, you know, have both of these things going. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's, it's fantastic. The leap technolo- in, in the adoption of technology in churches is remarkable. It's going to actually really, you know, pay off Yeah. Uh, because we are uh, inherently people that resist innovation, but that's just a human thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, in, so I would say humans in general resist innovation because it feels risky. Yeah. Uh, so there's types of people that are, we call them the first adopters that are like, I want I want the new thing like yesterday, you know, but that's not the normal part of things. So, yeah, yeah. so there's people like that, but also there's organizations like that, right? There's organizations that their DNA sort of pushes them to adopt new things quickly. And then others whose DNA actually prevents them. And churches specifically is the type of organization that are usually behind the curve. Right. So I think yeah. for churches in general, it's a I mean, there's like thing. Non- There's like nonprofits. It's like yeah. there's the business world, then there's nonprofits, then there's churches in terms exactly. of like tech adoption churches. speed. <laughs> yeah, churches are, are notoriously bad with new tech. Yeah, especially spending money on it and everything. So, so I think yeah. it's a great it's a great service to like this. The, the, the bad thing that is COVID year is a good thing for churches because when when you're forced to do something instead of like ask, do you want to mm-hmm. do it or not? I mean, it's going to pay off in the long run. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, I totally agree on that. Uh, another thing that came to mind is just what is you know 
tithe that helps churches with giving and some other tech, but what has giving looked like at your church through the last year and how has kind of going virtual and then meeting in the park and those kind of things affected um, just overall giving? You know, it, it, I'm really grateful because we, you know, being, being sort of a little bit more technologically forward, we um, encourage people to give online. So we've been giving online, I would say over 90% of our members give online only. Right. Since 2012. Got it. Okay. So, so, so that it's now a cultural norm. You, know, you don't have to really remind people. This is just how it's done. Right, right. Uh, which takes you guys a while. Already to... there. Like you guys, COVID hit. It was already the main way that it happened anyways. It, yeah, it was like, not, I would probably say maybe closer to 95% is yeah. the, the online giving in our church. So, so we didn't have to make adjustments culturally because the culture was already there. Right. Um, and then, um, I mean, obviously, from a from a spiritual standpoint, tithing is a is an act of worship in my mind. Um, I enjoy tithing personally. I think it's really important for me mm-hmm. to do, and I teach um, what it means, et cetera, et cetera. And because of the culture of the church, the giving in general did not dip in any significant way. Yeah, that's awesome. There's, there's a slight dip due to people just sort of losing employment for for a time being, et cetera. But we really right. didn't get take a hit financially hardly at all, yeah. uh, which is quite yeah. remarkable. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all. I, it's it's interesting. I've actually heard, you know, a lot of those stories. It's obviously you know there's a lot of churches, so it's not representative of you know the masses. But I've heard a lot of stories of churches doing surprisingly well. Um, even though there's a lot of chaos and uncertainty and, you know, just people are going through a lot of stuff like giving has stayed strong. Um, and that's just been encouraging because I know it depending on you, right. These small, like, you know, country churches that have 50 members that like, if people stopped giving, like the yeah. church doesn't exist anymore, you know? Um, but people have been, been faithful in that way. So that's cool. Um, okay. Last question. What do you think? Okay. We're 12 months in. We're kind of coming out of this thing. What do you think the next 12 months is going to be like for, you know, just churches in general? What do you give me some predictions, some thoughts on the future? Okay. So on the, on the, I'll start with the bad news. The bad news, I think this has been a devastating year, emotionally, spiritually for many people. The bad news is going to probably get worse before it gets better when it comes to mental illness, depression, anxiety, just the very real things that wear people down. Mm-hmm. And we just we're, we just went through an unprecedented level of disconnection, um, loneliness, um, for some people, financial uncertainty. On top of that, there were, which is, was amplified by uh, political um, div- divisions and things like that. Um, so uh, the, the, the cause is going to be there. You know, yeah. people, people, people are hurting and people will continue to hurt and probably going to be worse before it gets better. That's on the downside. So I think all of us, as the body of Christ, we should we should pay attention to the weakest parts of the body and they take better care of people, um, whatever it takes. Right. Um, so that's probably I, I see that on the horizon for the next you know until the the end of this year for sure, as a dip that we need to we need to pay attention to this. Not we can't just go on with business as if a business as usual. It just doesn't work that way. We're very fragile beings, people, mm-hmm. and we need to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. Uh, be very loving, very patient. 
um, and they help each other heal and get back to normal. Um, I think on the on the upside, what's going to happen, I think, is the, the church is going to come roaring back because people, if you look, if you stayed faithful through the COVID year, you're probably a very faithful person. And if you're a faithful person, you can't wait to be with other Christians. To give back. Yeah, right. And, make, and, to, and to make disciples and to introduce people to Christ in church. And you can't wait for physical contact. I mean, we are, we are relational we're built for this, right? So like not hugging people for a year, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Not speaking to many people that you care about. So I think it's the church is gonna come roaring back in joy and fellowship and excitement. And I just, I can't wait to see what the Holy Spirit does. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah, are you guys planning? I know you guys have a handful of locations in Austin. Mm -hmm. Are you Are you already kind of planning a big, you know, congregational get everyone together type of event in, you know, I don't know, June or July or something like that. We're, we're yeah, I think we're, we're planning a park thing, service. That's what we're trying to map out. I think there's logistical limitations to that. So that's one thing. Um, I think we, we have been already meeting in person in three different locations in Austin since June, right? So it's just, it was a drip first and then it was more and more. So we have probably, Right now we're like two thirds of, of our people are meeting in person, you know, right. in yeah. a responsible way, et cetera. Um, but I think by I think by fall we're having a marriage retreat that is in person. That's going to be awesome, right? Yeah. Uh, I think by fall that that would be my prediction is a big congregational three, three yeah, different like big, community churches together. together. Right, where everyone a hundred percent of people can get together. Like yeah, yeah. Like we have we have four, I guess five locations in San Diego. Um, and just getting everyone together. We're doing park services and it's great, but, yeah. but it's still different, you know? Um, it is, yeah. It is. Awesome yeah. In its own so we need, a we need a celebration, right? Yeah, there's got to be a big party when, when everybody yeah. can feel safe and we're allowed to kind of meet in the building, those kind of things. So, yeah. um, man, this has been awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on today and sharing just your experience and your insights um, with, the, with the audience here. Thank you, Frank. And for all the, the, this this audience that, that is listening right now, uh, actually, it was a it was a strange thing because we booked me being on Frank's podcast and then Frank being on my podcast called Third Drive tomorrow. Stage. It's tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So 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 after this whole long break, you know, I'm gonna have Frank um, on my and uh, yeah. If if you want to tune in, there's there's actually two. One is Third Drive Stage. It's a great podcast. Um, and it's really more focused on on ex exceptional lives, you know, and uh, and how to navigate life in general. And then we're launching a new one that is more sort of Christian-based called the the Tribe Exchange. And we have pre-recorded several really really cool um, podcasts already. It's going to be launched pretty soon, where, probably next where week. People go where? Which like should they go to thirddrive.co or what? Yeah, so first you can do, go thirddrivestage.com for like the collection of everything, but it, we're everywhere. So everywhere where there's podcasts, Facebook, YouTube, pod, uh, iTunes podcast, uh, Spotify, Third Drive Stage is there. Just Google Third Drive Stage and you'll find it in, in heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. So, awesome. Uh, Third Drive Stage, yeah. check it out, everybody. Um, well, Christian, this has been awesome. Everybody that joined today, thank you. Thank you for everyone in the comments. We've been watching those. Uh, make sure to share this episode, you know, on Facebook or YouTube just to kind of spread the message hopefully there was some good insights that you guys picked up yeah if, you, I mean, if you're a church leader and you need third drives help to do digital media give us give us a shout out we'll help you out 
hundred percent third drive.co. Um, mm -hmm. Christian helps folks with websites and video and email and all things digital. So yes, we'll um, do. you guys can pop over there. Um, well, cool, man. Thanks, Christian. Thanks everybody for joining and we'll catch you all next week. A pleasure.